It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying their Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford and welcome to the Growth of Podcast, the show about all things B2B SaaS marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Advanced B2B, the growth marketing agency that helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now joining us today on the show is Marcus Andrews, product marketing group lead and narrative designer at HubSpot. And today we're talking about how to craft killer product narratives and launch new products to market. Marcus leads a team of product marketing managers responsible for the positioning, launches, adoption, and continued success of HubSpot's largest product line, Marketing Hub. In this episode, Marcus talks us through his five-step narrative design framework to give your products and launches a strong strategic foundation upon which to build. Marcus talks about how narratives turn into marketing, and he gives some examples of different narratives HubSpot has used to grow into a $10 billion brand, such as inbound marketing and the flywheel. So here we go with episode 58 of the Growth Hub podcast with Marcus Andrews, product marketing group lead at HubSpot. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome Marcus Andrews to the show, who is Product Marketing Group Lead and Narrative Designer at HubSpot. So Marcus, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth of Podcast. Thanks, Edward. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this because today we're talking about how to craft killer product narratives and launch new products to market. So I think to kick things off, what actually is narrative design and how does it work? Yeah, so narrative design is really a process. It's a storytelling process. And um, narrative design for business is the best way to think about it because narrative design is this term for how video games come to life, actually, and like how people design the stories in video games. Um, And so I adopted it for this process, but I think because I think it fits so perfectly. Um, But narrative design is uh, something that I invented that really helps companies break through the noise today. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot of work that's been done around kind of narrative and storytelling uh, and people have started to to kind of coalesce around this process that um, I term narrative design. And it's really a new way of telling your story uh, that goes beyond and above just positioning and helps you understand, helps you kind of tell a company's story that's really a reaction to a change in the world. And it's something that's helped, um, a number of companies really, really break through and kind of stand out in crowded markets. Um, so yeah, it's a storytelling process. Yeah. And I think a lot of product marketers in SaaS spend a lot of time on figuring out the positioning of new products, which you just mentioned there. So how does narrative design differ from product positioning? Yeah. So the way I think about that is that there's sort of, you know, when product, when I first started working in product marketing almost 10 years ago and kind of my initial understanding of product marketing was like, let's take all these smart, creative uh, marketers who can tell good stories and let's educate them really deeply on the product. And then let's have them write website copy and name our products and, you know, do all this messaging work. And I think that initially that when there was low competition, that worked really, really well. And then competition started to rise and markets got crowded and you really needed to sort of be much more strategic and add, you know, the scientific layer to, uh, 
your company story and how you talk about your products and that's product positioning. You know, product positioning has been around for a long time, but I think in, in SaaS and B2B SaaS, we really started to adopt that science of product positioning to the messaging and um, stories that we we're creating for products. But at this point, it doesn't work like it used to. I think at a certain time, product positioning was enough to give you a way to talk, to, to tell an interesting story in the market. You could say like, you know, we're not just um, the CRM, we're the CRM for the specific audience and we do all of these different things. But at this point, at, like everyone is really good at product positioning. Everyone is really good at, at marketing and inbound marketing. And all of these categories are super, super crowded. Uh, so what's happened in, the, in B2B technology especially is that everybody just sounds and every website looks the same. Every, everybody sounds the same. There's kind of this just like, you know, homogenization and conformity in SaaS right now. And I think it's because everybody's taking the same product positioning approach. Uh, and narrative design is really just a way of being more, more consciously designing that higher level story for your business in a way that creates a new game. Um, and so like, you know, Andy Raskin, who I've learned a ton from around strategic narratives coined this term, like, you know, cre you creating a new game with your, with your strategic narrative or when you design a narrative. Um, and that is really what the point of narrative design is to me, because when you have this, when you create a new game that people really, really love and that people are really, really bought into all of a sudden, all the competition in your space sort of disappears and you once again have this blue ocean um, that you can just run at. So that is the ideal growth condition, right? Like, you know, to have zero competitors and to have something that everybody wants and everyone is really, really excited about. Uh, so that is why narrative design, I think, is really going to replace product positioning as like what, what, what creates a good story. You know what I mean? So that's how I, that's kind of how I think about that evolution and where, where narrative design came from based on all the, the, the narratives that I've studied and, you know, the work of Brian Halligan and our founder, or who's the founder of HubSpot and, you know, working with, with him and the rest of the marketing and product teams at HubSpot on uh, the inbound marketing story, but then also the flywheel story, which was a new game that we created using narrative design um, two years ago when we launched a new product line. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. And that's definitely the dream situation to have. And I think we'll go into the storytelling framework in more de detail in a moment. But before that, I have to ask, how does narrative design differ from category creation? Yeah, so there's a lot of really good work that I've seen around category creation. And it's and it's definitely similar. But the I think that category creation is just such a lofty goal for most companies. Um, and it doesn't really make sense for most companies. You know, I think if you create a new category, you are going to IPO probably, you know, it's, it's like, like creating a new category is, um, is monumental and happens very, very rarely and is amazing. You know, if, if you're able to use narrative design to create a new game and somehow a new category coalesces around you, that's awesome. Um, but having that as a goal for what you're doing with narrative design, I don't think it's the right goal. Um, and the example I'll share is inbound marketing. So HubSpot, HubSpot entered the marketing automation space um, 15 years ago or so now. Something that I just read from uh, 
the Penguin marketing team did an interview with Brian Halligan, our founder, and he said that when they first started HubSpot, we invested more into the idea of more money and time into the idea of inbound marketing than the actual HubSpot brand, which I thought, which is just, it just backs up, you know, how bold uh, Brian and Darmesh were when they started the company with this idea. But yeah, so category creation, like, so inbound marketing, the HubSpot story and inbound marketing, you know, the, our founders really went out and they wanted to create this new game and really invest in this new game as a way to enter into a already crowded category or into an already crowded category. And there's not today, there's not a, I think most people would, would think that inbound marketing has been a very successful new game. There's literally, you know, millions and millions of marketers and businesses that play that play this new game, inbound marketing, to successfully grow businesses. Um, but there's not an inbound marketing category. You know, you don't go to G2 Crowd or Gartner and see the inbound marketing category, you see the marketing automation category. So to me, creating a new category is amazing if it happens, but to set out as that as like a goal um, is, you know, is, isn't as effective as to set out to say, like, we want to design a narrative that creates an amazing new game. And this new game is going to help people. I think when you put your, when you put your mindset, you know, when you look at it from that way and your mindset is like, we want to create this new game that people love and that's going to help them adapt to this new change, this, to this change in the world. Um, that's a more focused goal. It's a more customer centric goal. It's a more, it's a goal, you know, that I think is going to tie to your products better versus setting out to create a new category. So, um, yeah, I think it's a super interesting topic, but that's, and that's how I think about it. Yeah, those are really good points. So narrative design is about creating a new game and not necessarily a new category, which is, of course, I think something most companies can look to achieve since, as you said, creating a category is a huge endeavor. So as a product marketer working in SaaS, how do you go about designing the narrative for your business? Can you talk us through your storytelling framework? Yeah, so there's five parts to narrative design. And the first is really to um, identify a massive undeniable change in the, in the world of your customers or in your space or just in the world in general. Um, you know, this is something that I think that uh, I've also heard Brian Halligan talk a lot about that he learned from um, his boss at PTC, where it really pays to just be a like a cultural anthropologist almost right and to really just examine humans and pay attention to human behavior and when you do that you'll start to notice you'll start to think more fundamentally about how people are changing so for inbound marketing um 15 years ago our founders brian and darmesh noticed that that people were uh really fed up with with push interruptive marketing so spam cold calling, uh, interruptive ads, people hated these and they were figuring out ways to block them and ignore them. Um, and at the same time, marketing that sort of attracted an audience and pulled them in, um, people were gravitating towards that. So there's this really fundamental change in humans that they noticed. And that is really step one, right? Like identify this for your business and every good narrative has this. I just, I just posted something on LinkedIn about Michelob Ultra, which is a very non-tech example. Uh, but Michelob Ultra was kind of this, you know, failing beer brand. And what they did was that they noticed that there was this massive change in the world where people are starting to care way more about like health and fitness. And there's this, you know, like this Nike generation where, where everyone is starting to take fitness much more seriously and, and get involved in it. And um, 
they realized that change in the world and they changed their the change they built their story around it so so that having that that change in the world really clearly identified and also also well researched and clear in your company and like clear how you know what exactly that means uh, and that it's on a really fundamental level to humans is step one and so nailing that is really really important and then two step two is sort of like what does that change in the world mean for a business like how should you adapt to that business so in the inbound marketing story the change in the world is that people are ignoring all these push these push messages right so what you should do to adapt as a marketer is start um, start playing this new game where your marketing actually attracts an audience versus just interrupts an audience so things like social media and blogging and SEO are ways to pull in an audience versus just interrupt them and, and push them out. And so that how you adapt to that change in the world is your new game. And you got to name the new game like, like Andy Rasson says. So uh, for us in HubSpot 15 years ago, that was inbound marketing. So what you should do is adapt to that change in the world with our new game, which is inbound marketing. Um, and then three, it's important to um, so, you know what, there was, I missed, missed my, or the, well, three and two and three, you can, you can switch them up, but, uh, the, there's a step in between there that this change in the world is creating winners and losers, right? So, um, what's really important to add stakes to this change in the world and to really make people care and listen, cause it's easy to tune this out is to just really show people how, um, the people who are playing the old game are quickly losing. You know, they're flat, they're losing, they're old, and the people who are playing these new, this new game are winning. So to have really concrete examples of, you know, who is winning and who is losing and to have, to have a clear enemy in the old game makes this story much, much better. So um, that's kind of in there in steps two and three. And then step four is to, 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 to empathize with your audience, right? So everyone will want to play this new game but it's hard and it's hard for a reason. Like originally in the inbound marketing story, it was super difficult because you would have to sort of stitch together this technology stack. You know, you'd have to buy like blogging tools, SEO tools, social media tools. Then you would need some kind of overarching strategy to, to make it all make sense. You would need to kind of sell this to your executives. You would need to hire people with this skill set. It's really challenging to play this new game, right? Like um, uh, that, what that does is it's two things it really shows that you're an expert in the new game that you've really understand how it works and all the pieces that go into it and all the elements that go into it and two it you know it creates some empathy with the with the buyer so instead of you saying like hey you got a problem and here's our solution um what this does is really you know puts you on their level and says like we're all just trying to figure out how to play this new game and adapt to this change and we, we're here to help you uh, and so then with the, the final stage is that you can sort of pitch your pitch your solution to this right so you can say like uh, what and what that does is that it removes your instead of just jumping into your product and your features and talking about you know value props and, and positioning statements um, it moves the product all the way to the end and really you know offers it up as a solution to the paint you know the 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 um, the empathy that you've just built. So you've teed yourself up and you've said like, look, there's all these issues and there's all these problems. And what we've done is that we've built a product that, that brings all of these, these disparate tools together into, into one place. So it's, we, you know, we solved that for you. We also created this inbound marketing playbook, which is like, you know, 
we wrote the book on it. We have this very rich, deep uh, HubSpot Academy that's going to give you all the elements that you need. Um, and so we've, we've been a student of, you know, how this all works ourselves and then, and then built this solution for you. So those are the five steps and, you know, they come together into a single story that you can tell pretty quickly and pitch pretty quickly. And the, one of the things I really, really admire about Brian Halligan and our founder is that he's been telling that same story for 15 years now. And it's, um, it's really important to, you know, have a, a CEO who believes in that and is ready to kind of tell that story everywhere because then you get this really tight alignment and you really hear that same story over and over and over and over and over again throughout the years. So, um, uh, yeah, that's the example through the HubSpot story. Yeah, this is super good. And it's such a good framework and it's so simple to help you tell that story and really ties everything together on a strategic level about your business that then gives you context for launching products. So let's just recap the five steps. So it was first identify a massive undeniable change in the world. Second, create winners and losers of the new and old game. Third, identify what does the change mean for our business. Fourth, emphasize, sorry, empathize with your audience since playing this new game is hard. And then the fifth and final step is to pitch your solution. So I think it's very much like the arc in a movie or a book where you have an event or trigger that starts things off. You have protagonists, you have antagonists, there's the struggle. And then at the end, there's the victory, which in this case is buying your product. So this is super good. Yeah. So following from this, how do these narratives turn into actual marketing? Yeah. So uh, the, you know, the narrative, the, the great thing about it is that it really aligns you know, your whole company, I think one of the biggest challenges in business is getting everyone rowing in the same direction, having, having vector alignment, you know, so that everybody in your company, it's easier when you're smaller, but as you, as you grow, but even it's challenging when you're small, but as you grow, it's more and more challenging. Um, but what a great narrative does is that it really gives everybody inside the company, everyone knows the story, everyone knows all the you know the change in the world that we're addressing the new game why it's so hard how to sell it winners and losers everyone knows every element of that and so it really really unites your team especially you know i look at it through the lens of the marketing team um it aligns it, it it can align all your teams you know product and sales and marketing but especially for marketing and especially for sales it gives everyone this very clear direction around like how we, what we do when we launch a campaign. Um, and that's super, super important because I think the, you know, this, the, the big challenge for a lot of companies when they're small and um, for marketing teams is that they have an unclear identity. You know, it's, they, they're going to market with something that, uh, you know, the first step, like I said earlier, there's sort of the status quo when you're entering into a new market that you should that I think people are drawn to. It's like, you know, we should try and look and feel like everyone else. And so that people are familiar with what we're offering. Um, but usually you just get ignored when that happens, you know, and, and then your website and your email marketing strategy and your content strategy and your sales pitch and your, um, you know, your onboarding process are all telling slightly different stories, you know, versions of this already kind of boring big industry story uh and what narrative design does is that it really comes through and it gives you something unique unique to say uh so you have an, you know you have a unique point of view on the market and all your different teams are kind of telling the same the same story so when you launch a campaign um you know you are still doing 
product launches. I think product launches are the best vehicle to bring this to life, especially if it's um, you know something that is really core to the narrative. Um, then uh, your product launch has a ton of directions, a ton of direction, and then also a sharp POV. But you can always bring it back to product at the end, you know. So I I, I believe strongly that um, product driven marketing is the best kind of marketing. I'm a product marketer, of course, but uh, I think that when you can bring home this narrative with like something new that's in the product or exactly how your product is going to help people achieve it, um, it really grounds it and it really makes it, you know, not just a, a fluffy marketing story, but like, oh yeah, this is, I can tell this company is dedicated to this. This is kind of part of what they do. So those are some, those are some of the ways that I think, you know, these, a, a big campaign powered by this narrative um, is really effective. And then, uh, if you want to go even a level deeper, I think that the the steps of the of narrative design align really well to like the different parts of the funnel, for instance. So uh, when you're talking about a, a big, massive, you know, a big undeniable change in the world, that is great for a top of funnel team. So if you are, you know, if if um, if I go to my blogging team and I say, hey, I want you to write about this new product they don't get that excited, right? It's like, okay, this is this is gonna be tough to make interesting for my readers. But if I go to them and I say, hey, I want, you know, I'm gonna tell you about this undeniable change in the world and I wanna, I wanna come up with some interesting thought leadership about it, they're super excited. It, it's great, this change in the world is great for PR, it's great for social media, it's great for top of funnel content um, because it has this wide implication to a really big audience. Uh, and then, the, and then, and then, as you kind of go through the steps and down the funnel, the winners and losers of the new game, you know, those are the you know that are created by this change in the world. That's really interesting content for your website as you get people a little bit further down the funnel. The new game itself is amazing content for you know an academy or a or you know for for content as well that's slightly further down the funnel for more you know mofu mofu level content uh, and really creating like. Uh, you know, religion in a rich sort of academy or, you know, a really, really deep process around the new game is super important. And you can pull a lot of people into that. It's almost like product-led growth in a way. Like you can have users of your, of your game who aren't users of your product, but that's still great because you're starting to, to bring them into the process. And then the, uh, you know, the empathizing with how hard it is to do, that's wonderful for a sales pitch. And then obviously, you know, closing it with your product and how people do it in the product. So you can also think about the steps of narrative design as aligned to the funnel and kind of how you bring people into your world. That's a really good way of framing the five steps of narrative design and aligning them with funnel stages. I think that's another very good way for marketing teams to understand this and think how they can actually take this into action. And I thought your other point about product marketing uh, being at the core of everything was, was super interesting because I was interviewing Tim Solo recently, who's the CMO at Ahrefs, and he said they don't even have a product marketing function because he believes that all marketing needs to be directly tied to the product. So it's yeah. almost a given. So super good point there. And I think let's dig into product launches a little more. So how can a narrative drive a new product launch can you talk us through your process of how you actually turn narratives into product launch campaigns yeah absolutely so the um 
you know, the best example is that we, with Service Hub, which is the launch of a new product line, we wanted to launch it with a, you know, I went into a meeting with Halligan and our executive team, and I had this really slick, this really slick, what I thought was a really slick narrative for uh, Service Hub, this new product line. And I'd spent a lot of time working on it, and I went in and I kind of pitched it, and uh, I got I got a few eye rolls, and you know, the feedback from Halligan was he went up onto the whiteboard and he started dra- he started drawing on the whiteboard, and he's like, I want you to take what you've done, and I want you to build it into these five slides. There's been a change in the world; companies need to adapt. You know exactly what I'm talking about here with narrative design, and I think that you know that was really enlightening to me um, for the process, but also that was it, it, the kind of the final element of that was that what we've done with this new product line really unlocks the the new game that people will play. So the result of that narrative was the flywheel. So we, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about HubSpot at HubSpot, how the funnel is a, is a sales and marketing tool of the past. The funnel leaves a lot to be desired. It really treats customers like an output of your sales and marketing process. Instead of putting customers at the center, it totally ignores service. And there's no moment, you know, there's no centrifugal force or momentum to a funnel. It's just a one-way, it's just a one-way street. Uh, the flywheel is a new way of thinking about your go-to-market model, which really puts customers at the center. It brings sales and marketing and service together, and then it creates momentum as you know it kind of turns. And doing that just isn't possible. Doing that, you can of course do, play this new game without HubSpot. That's an important part of any great narrative and any new game, but doing that in HubSpot without Service Hub is, is basically impossible. So uh, the product really unlocked the new game. And I think that's an important step is that, you know, you want your, if you created a new game that didn't involve your product, um, like it should be possible without your product, right? But you want to design this narrative and you really want to create this like world um, in the way that you, you, you see fit. And so I think that, having your product as the thing that unlocks the new game is really, really important. Um, and that also kind of solves for this empathy that you've built up. So I don't know if that exactly answered your question, but with uh, the launch of Service Hub and the flywheel narrative, that's kind of how we approached it. You know, We knew we wanted to launch this product and we started with a change in the world. We started and we said, you know, what is changing in the world? Well, it's customers. Customers have more power, they have more options, they're smarter, they're better informed. Um, they're more skeptical, they're less trusting. And as a result, if you try and move them through your funnel, you're, you're just going to create this really poor customer experience. Companies need to change. They need to move customers to a more uh, central spot in the process and really, really respect them and build their business around them. And that was sort of the insight that, that brought us you know, to this flywheel story, which I think is something that was in um, our founder's head already. And so, you know, working with, with him and the team through that is really how we kind of put together the pieces there. Wow, that's so cool to hear how the flywheel came to be. And I have to say, I never thought the funnel was a good analogy in marketing anyway, because if you pour one liter of water in a funnel, you get one liter out at the bottom. So, but I'll say that rant for <laughs> another day, but you spoke earlier about how narrative design is taking over from product positioning, but is there still room for product positioning within a narrative design? Yeah, certainly. It's, um, it's not the, uh, the, I don't think narrative design breaks down there, but I don't think that it's, they're not mutually exclusive, right? So uh, product positioning is great. You're, it's all this research and kind of science into positioning, you know, figuring out your, the way you want to enter a market and the way you want to, you know, have 
you the way you want people to think about your product in their minds. So I love the research and the science that's part of product positioning. And I think that if you do that as part of narrative design, um, it's really going to help your narrative. So uh, I don't think that people should stop doing that. I think that that's, it's a really important element. I just think you can take it a step further. And I think that these new games are what really, really help you differentiate. You know, I think um, April Dunford's work on positioning is amazing. I love especially how she talks about like how you can enter the different ways that you should think about entering a new market. Um, But I think that the one thing that just about every company can do is create their own game. Um, And right now most companies aren't doing it. So, you know, I think that for everyone who finds themselves in these really competitive categories, which is just about everywhere now, they should create this new game. So you're still doing product positioning. I think that's, that work is still really important for product marketers and you can't create a new narrative and you can't create a new game for every single feature and product that you're launching. You really just want to have one. So um, the short answer is yes, product positioning is still important. Yeah, that's good to hear. And April Dunford's episode on product positioning is one of our most popular. So definitely good to go and check that out after this one. But actually one question I would love to ask more specifically about naming this new game how do you actually come up with a name for that can you talk about some examples from your past of how you can actually come up with a name for this new game yeah so i think that um you know i've only done it a handful of times right and i think that most marketers will only get a few opportunities to really do this in a big way a handful of times um just because like you don't want to constantly be creating new games for your company um, but I will give you my, my tips here. And, and the one example that I, there's, you know, the two examples that I have the best of are the flywheel, um, and then narrative design itself, right? Like narrative design is, I build narrative design following the process of narrative design. So the reason why I called it narrative design was that, uh, one is that it's descriptive, Right. So it's like descriptive of the process. What is this process? Well, you're designing a narrative, right? So the name works. Um, the problem with narrative design that it's, it's just not unique enough. So I think that it should be descriptive, but it should also be very unique. Like if you Google narrative design, you'll see a lot of, you know, uh, content around video game, how narrative design is used in video games, um, which makes sense. But I think that if you're a, you're a business and I wanted, I wanted narrative design to be descriptive. Right. And so I, I think that it, it works here. But I think if you're a business, you want to balance this. You want to balance this name that is descriptive, but also unique. So inbound marketing is a great example. Conversational marketing is a great example, but it doesn't have to just be like so specific to the category. I think the flywheel is also an interesting example, right? Where like, you know, the flywheel uh, doesn't say, it, it isn't as descriptive. It is descriptive because it's, it's descriptive of the process, but it's not as descriptive as inbound marketing. Um, I love how what um, Gaines did with the service industry where they took customer support and they turned it into customer success. Uh, and customer success has been huge for them. They created this new game that really, created, it did kind of create, you know, it created a new category for them, but they also named their, audience, which I love, like inbound marketing is great because you can become an inbound marketer. Customer success is great because you can become a a CSM, a customer success manager. Narrative design is cool, right? Because you can become a narrative designer. So, you know, having it be descriptive, having it be unique, and then also having it be something that you can do, like you can go from funnel to flywheel, I think is really important. Um, 
you also want it to be short. You want it to, and, and you want it to be long lasting. Um, but you know, the first time you say this, you utter the words, it'll be awkward uh, because it doesn't mean anything. Right. So uh, you have to, you have to um, have some commitment to it because if you come up with a new game and you bring it out to, you roll it out, you know, internally, or you, you take it out for some message testing to a subset of your audience, you might not get good feedback on it. You might get a lot of like, what, what is the flywheel? What is narrative design? And people won't know, uh, because you kind of have to make it, you know, it's like, um, uh, you gotta make, you gotta make, uh, like mean girls reference. You gotta make fetch happen kind of. Right. So it's like, there's a bit of jumping off the cliff here, but, um, those are some tips I have on kind of on, on a, a new, or, you know, creating a, a, a name, a good name for a new game. Yeah, that's some really good advice. And I think that could be one area where people struggle. So good to hear how you've done that in the past. And I think great to hear you had that super meta example of how you use narrative design to come up with narrative design. But I think before we wrap things up, there's one quote from you from a blog post that I love. And it's, narrative design has already told you about the winners and losers of its new game. And next, it introduces its product by empathizing with your struggle to become a winner. So this summarizes the five stages quite well. So I think to wrap things up, can you give some examples outside of HubSpot of how SaaS companies have done this well? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that um, um, like Gong is doing this really well right now. So Gong, I think just has a tremendous product and a tremendous brand and team, but they've also got a, a really good um, narrative and their narrative is um, revenue intelligence. And so what they talk about is the pain you know the the they empathize with with sales managers and sales teams around uh the struggle to uh distill signal from all the noise that they get with crm data right so if you are a sales manager you're trying to coach your team you're trying to uh help them improve you're trying to hit your numbers and you hear lots of opinions from your sales team and you hear a lot and you look at all this kind of raw data in the um in the crm and like that's a major struggle right to sift through uh opinion and try and figure out reality uh so i think that you know how they talk about that i think it's you know it's just you're not going to find a sales manager today who isn't nodding their head with that you know, talk track you know and like really it, it feels that that pain and like understands with understands that struggle so i think they've done a really good job of empathizing with their audience who's struggling to become a winner of that game they're talking about and then of course they have this awesome solution that really helps you discern you know reality from opinion and signal from noise so um i think that's a good one yeah, I think that's a super good example. So Marcus, well, this was super good and we could actually move to our closing questions and our fast five challenge. So to wrap things up, I will ask you five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready? Okay. Yes, all right. let's do it. Cool. First question. What's the one book you would recommend others to read? Sapiens. Yes. Do I add any color to it or do I just say it? <laughs> that's good enough. That's good enough. And that's a great book. So I can second that. <laughs> Second question. A SaaS company you love and why? Uh, I love Loom. Um, I think that their response to the COVID crisis has been awesome and they're just good people and have an awesome product and awesome brand. Yeah, for sure. Third question, favorite place to read about marketing online? Uh, I'll say LinkedIn. It's, you know, just like a daily dose of really good, interesting stuff. Um, 
it's short, but uh, you know, LinkedIn, I love it. Yeah, definitely. Fourth question, most important growth metric. So I'll say traffic, um, which a lot of people are probably like, well, that's a vanity metric, Marcus. But I think traffic and something that shows that you've captured, that you're capturing attention from your audience is really important. Um, you know, I think marketing is about attention and you're trying to be unique and different. So traffic and attention. Cool. And then fifth and final question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, I think people marketing, especially in SaaS right now is just getting to starting to feel very, everyone's good at it. Everyone has the same playbook. Everyone is copying everyone else. And I think that we really, people really need to celebrate their differences and try to think about how they can be different and try and come up with interesting ideas and say something that's, that's different from the status quo. And we all have that inside of us. It's just that we sort of learn to ignore it and to push it out and to um, you know, kind of follow uh, the crowd. And so like, you know, I think for me, it's helped a lot to sort of just really lean into the things you're good at and try and, uh, you know, embrace your crazy ideas a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think everybody should do that. Perfect. Well, great advice. So Marcus, I have to say, thank you so much. This was awesome. And uh, it was a real pleasure having you on the Growth of Podcast. Thanks, Edward. It's been really fun. That was Marcus Andrews on how to craft killer product narratives and launch new products to market. Now, before I go, I just want to say a big thank you for listening to the show. And I want to give a shout out to Yasmin, who left a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They said, I loved how I was able to find a podcast specific to the business topics that I'm most interested in. I liked how detailed the interviews are too. Bravo, keep up the good work. So thank you so much. And if you want to shout out, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and maybe I'll be reading your message out next time. As ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency, Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are